0: Welcome. I am Greta Aurora. I was inspired to make this podcast after reading The Manipulated Man by Esther Villa. It's a very interesting read. She makes some great points, although I don't agree with her about everything. Unfortunately, she makes some of the same mistakes feminists do by denying the biological basis of the differences between men and women and disregarding the evolutionary significance of the psychological differences between the sexes. But overall, she offers some fascinating insights and an excellent rebuttal to the feminist myth of women's oppression. The examples of female manipulation Villa gives feature housewives and the husbands who provide for them. She details the tactics women use to enslave men and to make sure these men enjoy being slaves. Please note that The Manipulated Man was published in 1971, and the world has changed a lot since then. The housewife-provider dynamic still exists to some extent, but the majority of women in the West now have jobs outside the home. Nevertheless, women have not become any less manipulative. The playground may have changed, but the game itself has not. Now, to be fair to women, all human interactions involve some level of manipulation. We choose the words we use consciously, and there's always a reason we choose one word over another. And often, the reason is that we are trying to achieve a particular outcome, and we are hoping to influence the person we are talking to, to act in a certain way. The line between influence and manipulation is very thin, if there's any at all. Women manipulate women. Men manipulate men. And men manipulate women too. But women have two very distinctive ways of manipulating men, and both of these stem from their unique power, which is not rooted in physical strength. This power and the resulting manipulation is well documented in world literature and art, from ancient times to our current era. The archetype of the femme fatale is present in many of the world's earliest known stories, and it is no coincidence that so many mythologies and religions depict the first woman as beautiful and dangerous. Think Pandora, Lilith and Eve. What are the two main methods of female manipulation? Woman has two very potent weapons which are unique to her, her sexuality and her vulnerability. These weapons exploit two of man's primal instincts. First, let's look at female manipulation via sex. The general sexual behavior of the genders hasn't changed much, despite decades of reliable birth control, feminist brainwashing, and denying men any reproductive rights. A small number of alpha males have benefited from the so-called women's liberation of the sixties by having easier access to sex without any commitment. But on the whole, women are still the gatekeepers of sex. Most women will never have sex like most men do, even if feminists want them to, because women are aroused very differently to men. A man can be aroused in a matter of seconds just by being next to a naked woman, and he's ready to go. The woman, on the other hand, needs much longer to build up the same level of arousal. A man needs visual stimuli primarily whereas women have a much more complex set of desires. Merely seeing a naked man is not going to get most women in the mood. This difference in sexual arousal means that women are much more in control of their own sexuality than men are of theirs. A woman can still think rationally while she is aroused, but a man struggles to think straight in that state of mind. Since the potential consequences of sex are much graver for women than for men, it makes sense that women are more cautious and more in control of their mind in intimate situations. As I said in a previous video, a man may rape a woman, but he cannot force her to desire him. In order to be desired, man must impress a woman by doing something to ignite her interest. On the other hand, a woman only needs to be in order to be desired by man. This simple truth is at the root of much male frustration. But it is also one of the driving forces behind man's incredible achievements in art, science, technology and so on. One of my main criticisms of Esther Villa's work is that she fails to acknowledge this important nuance. Feminists love arguing that the depiction of women in art and pornography is mere objectification and misogyny. But I can tell you this could not be further from the truth. I have been modeling for photographers and painters for many years, and nothing makes me feel more powerful than expressing my feminine sensuality. I have two university degrees, but no academic achievement could make me feel as fulfilled as my modeling work. I have been aware of the power of femininity all my adult life, although I only began to truly comprehend it in my mid-twenties. I have had many opportunities to misuse this power, but I've always had a sense of responsibility. You can carry a loaded gun without having the urge to fire it and female sexuality can cause a lot more devastation than a gun. And therefore, it requires yet another level of self-restraint. There is nothing a woman cannot get by exploiting her sexual power. Women routinely use this power to get a job, a promotion, or to obtain lots of money without actually working. A woman can receive expensive gifts from a man Without even asking for anything. She can even get a man to take care of all her needs without uttering a single word by merely using nonverbal cues. Lots of biblical and mythological stories talk about women getting men killed without lifting a finger. These stories may seem quite far fetched and over the top, but they carry an enormous amount of truth nonetheless. A story does not have to be literal, factual or historically accurate in order to convey some kind of truth about human nature. Salome danced for Herod, and her beauty mesmerized him so much that he told her she could ask for anything in the world, and he would give it to her without a second thought. Salome asked for the head of John the Baptist, and it was promptly served to her on a tray. Just think about it, what would it take for a man to get someone beheaded? Delilah was a spy in the modern sense, whose mission was to find out the source of Samson's strength, so that the Philistines could kill him. And there was an actual spy who definitely existed during the First World War, Mata Hari, an exotic dancer and courtesan, who was responsible for the death of thousands of soldiers. Women make ideal spies because they have a subtle way of circumventing a man's rational mind. Another man could only achieve this by extreme physical torture a woman can do it by giving a bit of pleasure. Nowadays, we often hear stories of women who desperately want a child, using manipulation and lies to get a man to impregnate them. In many cases, the man is then forced to pay to support a child he didn't want and whom he is denied to have any contact with. Men are perfectly aware of this risk when having unprotected sex, and yet their lust clouds their mind, and they believe the woman when she lies about being on the pill. What baffles me, and I'm sure other women too, is that most men seem to prefer taking risks to being in control, and they don't realize how vulnerable this makes them when dealing with women. The female power that terrifies me the most is the power of false rape accusations. The thought that I could completely ruin a man's life by seducing him and then lying about what happened sends chills down my spine. Feminists claim only 2% of rape accusations are false, which is quite a lot in itself. It would be 20 out of a and 200 out of 10,000 men whose lives are destroyed for good for no reason. That sounds like a lot to me, but various studies suggest the real number is a lot higher than that. And then there are the instances of miscommunication, where the woman genuinely believes she was raped, while the man genuinely believes she'd consented. This is another dangerous territory. Female manipulation using sex as a weapon is so extraordinary because it can be seen both as a natural phenomenon and as a crime. If a person used any other type of bait to achieve the same outcome such as cash, threat of violence or blackmail it would be a serious punishable crime. Consider for example the case of Kamala Harris and Willie Brown. Harris was a 29 year old deputy district attorney when she met Brown who was state assembly speaker and sixty years old at the time. Brown appointed Harris to two lucrative positions, greatly accelerating her career. Kamala Harris used her sexual power to advance her career. Harvey Weinstein used his power to advance the careers of some actresses in return for sexual favors. Why is one a criminal and the other not? This is a difficult question, and I don't have an answer. Let me know what you think in the comments. Female manipulation via vulnerability. Another interesting aspect of the dynamics between the sexes is man's attraction to woman's vulnerability. Behavioral studies show that, while women have a preference for physically strong men of high status, men generally find signs of vulnerability attractive in women. Men are hardwired to protect women, and the evidence for this are you and me. We wouldn't be here today if our male ancestors had treated women the same way they had treated other men. Some aspects of gynocentrism may be socially constructed, but, as a principle, it is necessary for the survival of our species. The communities that thrived throughout history did so because the men had a strong instinct to protect the women. Men who were willing to sacrifice themselves to keep their wives safe were more likely to pass on their genes. A pregnant woman is extremely vulnerable and dependent on male protection. In order for a man to make this sacrifice though, he must be deeply touched by a woman's vulnerability at an irrational, unconscious level. And what could be more irrational and abstract than attraction and love? In most parts of the world today, women are no longer dependent on physical protection by their male relatives. Keep in mind, however, that they were dependent for at least 200,000 years of our history, which is a long enough time for a basic instinct to develop and become an integral part of our psyche. Woman's vulnerability is a building block of her power. This paradox defines a lot of male-female interactions. A woman can exploit her vulnerability and use it as a tool of manipulation to get what she wants from any man. This is regardless of her age and looks. Although a pretty young woman usually succeeds quicker. Youthful features in a woman trigger the strongest protective response in men because her perceived inexperience amplifies her vulnerability. Just take the classic example of a woman's car breaking down on a motorway and a man stopping to help her out in a timely manner. Whenever a woman is seemingly in distress, a man will ask to see if he can help her. If a woman is being harassed by a man in the street, another man will promptly come to her defense. If a woman has done something wrong and she wants to get a man to forgive her, she instinctively manipulates him by assuming a posture that signals vulnerability and fragility. She will also tilt her head down slightly to the side and look up at the man, which coincidentally is also an expression associated with flirtation. When a woman wants to ask her boyfriend or husband for forgiveness, she unconsciously tries to get him as close to herself as possible. This ties back to sexual manipulation. Her goal is to get him to feel her skin. Women's skin is smoother to the touch than men's, and this sensation activates men's protective instincts. By hugging a man in a gentle, loving way, a woman expresses that she cares and that she wants to look after him. This, in turn, makes him want to keep her safe which leads to a lot of difficult, conflicting emotions following an argument. Feminists have exploited men's sensitivity to female vulnerability at a gigantic scale. Society as a whole is always ready to help a woman in distress. Both men and women are predisposed to listen and take action when they hear a woman complain about anything, Women are extremely good at getting people and institutions to give them what they want. A man complaining is not taken nearly as seriously as a woman, unfortunately. Men are just expected to get on with it and do what they have to do. I believe women have a huge role to play in changing this societal attitude. If you've enjoyed this podcast, Please consider supporting my work on Patreon, in return for some exclusive content. Thank you for listening.